Warning. Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews contains adult content and language. Welcome to another episode of Beards, Brews, and Vinyl Reviews. I'm Brandon. I'm Travis. And this week we got a special treat for everyone out there in, uh, I guess, podcast land. Is that what I want to call it? Yeah, roll with that. You know, so we'll go with that. And uh, this week we are bringing you the Alice in Chains 30th Anniversary 2020 remaster of facelift yeah wait does it make you feel old that this album's 30 years old it very much does because i remember when it dropped in august 21st 1990 right oh god but this album it it this is one of those albums that i feel it just takes you right back to where you were when you first ever heard it it totally does when we were listening to it last week you and i just sort of sat there and listened to every single song and and almost every song we'd be like oh you hear that remember that yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it it's great. Um, it I don't know. I've never heard the original. If I don't even know if this was, I think it was done on vinyl. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But, I didn't look on Discogs. But I'm that sure was, was the only pressing I think they have done up to this point. Yeah, that, that was I a low of. point in vinyl sales. It was all cassettes and CDs. And, but. oh my God, it's, it's we'll get into yeah, it. We'll it, get it. It is, I, I mean, I liked it. Um, you know, and this was an early birthday present to me. Looking good, you handsome motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I said, what the hell? Because it was funny because um, I remember it was probably a couple months ago and I just brought it up to you. Yeah. And you was like, oh, I don't think they repressed that. And, you know, we just kind of let it go. And then when I seen that, man, I jumped all over that some bitch. Yeah, like uh, like we didn't talk and we didn't do any research about this, believe it or not. But we're hoping that they're going to do the same thing with Dirt, right? I imagine. What Dirt come out? 91? It was right after 91, 92. 92. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I imagine for its 30th, it'll, yeah. it'll probably get a facelift. Did you yeah. like the air quotes and everything? I see what that? you did there. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get a clown on this show. <laughs> Hey, and we do appreciate everyone out there listening and, you know, giving us, uh, you know, feedback and everything else. And uh, you can also do that if you haven't already on Beers, Brews, Vinyl Reviews at Yahoo.com. Dot, dot, dot com boy or, or dot com we paid a extra we have a dot com address yeah whatever it's it's those damn bloody marys man <laughs> <laughs> so no we're not reviewing bloody marys for the beer segment this week <laughs> but uh yeah we've already been dabbling a little bit or you know you can always hit us up on the facebook page that's right and you know you, you just know how that is um you know it is kind of chilly today let's 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 throw a little sparky sparkers and hello to mr smoke and computer awesome dude i'm telling you it's it's fucking it's cold man i know i mean like two days ago we had the air on because it was hotter than hades and now today it's like what the fuck but at least we got the old smoking computers keeping us warm it's like a small bonfire yeah well do you want to get in the uh magic cooler and see what we got for this week i do let me check it out all right little drum roll oh yeah that's what I'm talking about. 
Some guy I know bought me this for my birthday the other day. <laughs> well, I figured instead of going swag this week, since it's your birthday weekend, I'll get you one of your favorite beers. All right. Well, here, I'll open it for you there, kind sir. Thank you. All right. So this week, we are... Oh, let me... If I can get it. We are busting open some White Street Brewing Company, Kolsch. I do love the Kolsch. You know, they brew 10,000 bottles of beer a day. I drink 45 off the assembly line, and I'm the asshole. But I got one bitch, <laughs> White Street. Put it in a fucking can. Yeah. All yeah. right. All well, right. Hey. Cheers. Happy cheers. birthday. Thank you. That is tasty. It's so smooth. Uh, way smoother than the Keystone. <laughs> Although, there, there's some fun drinking Keystone. <laughs> yeah, you know. He is uh, smooth always, so he says, but I don't know. this. Uh, like I said, White Street, I'm reaching out to you. Put this shit in cans. And, yeah, oh, easier. my. It, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm just not a big bottle guy. I mean, it's just easier anymore. You like oh. to throw your cans in the cooler and just, it's just easier. And plus, they fit in my Pepsi machine out back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We need to find you one of those old school ones with the bottles. You remember that with the glass bottles? Um, yeah, but honestly, anymore, I don't really drink a can whole they, lot of beer in bottles. Can you even fit bottles in that type of machine? Y- yeah. You can? Yeah, they'll fit. Um, but I just, I don't know. I like my can machine. Yeah. It's still undercover, so you can, you know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, it is what it is. But hey, let's get into this fine work of art by Allison Chains. Let's do it. Okay, so what's your take on the album cover? Um, it's pretty classic. Like, you know, I was 15 when this came out, and I, and, you know, I love this record. I haven't heard, heard it for a long time, and it was great listening to it. But just the cover takes me back. So just feel like even for nostalgia, I give it a 5 out of 5, even though it's probably more like a 4 out of 5. But this is such a, like, classic record for me. I get it. Um, and it is one of those ones that as soon as you see the cover, mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Um, I was a little more critical on this one. Um, I, I mean, I bounced back between a three and a four. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to sound like a total, oh, this is going to be a thin Lizzy show all right. over again. We're right. just going to have a love fest. But I, I sat and thought about it and, um, the, the only thing I deducted anything off the front. Yeah. Was because if you look at the logo, it's a little blurry. I don't remember it being that way on the cassette or the CD. Yeah, I wonder if they went cheap and they sort of scanned this and used a... That was my only thing about it. And then if you flip it over on the back, the back is crisp. Yeah, it is. You know, and I, I, I've I, never seen a vinyl copy of this. And so. then I do... We talked about this in another episode, I think. The Def Leppard episode, maybe. Okay, no, Kicks. I like the... This is the style of a rear jacket cover that i like that's plain it's got like a simple picture of the band and then the text yeah i I always like it and uh what i thought was cool on the back too is it's like the whole band is like they're wrapped up in like uh saran wrap yeah yeah so it's cool yeah i think it was supposed to resemble something like they wanted it to look like they were popping out of an eyeball or something like that yeah, I always thought they were like in a pool just with like plastic yeah. wrap on them. Yeah, right? it was yeah. a it was some pool in California, I think it was. Do you think Jerry was wearing a speedo? Ah, uh, we'll get into that in a little <laughs> bit. Well, hell, you brought it up, but hold on, let me. Yeah, we'll fuck it. We'll bring that up. <laughs> but uh, I remember the first time ever seeing these guys on uh, Headbangers Ball. Yep. You know, back in the day, folks. Uh, some of you may remember. I hope. 
that, that was great. There used to be a badass show on MTV. Oh, what time did it come on? 11? It was 11, 11.30, something like that. Uh, something like that. It was called Headbangers Ball. It was hosted by Ricky Rackman. I mean, great. And Adam Curry for a while before him, right? Or after him? He did or he it. did Hard 30? No, he did it actually, I think, at first. And he yeah. sucked so bad. Like, Ricky Rackman was That's like, right. how can you have this poser fucker <laughs> on there? Doing a hard, you know, and heavy show. Yeah. So then Ricky got the gig, which, you know, Ricky, him and uh, Tammy, they had, uh, what was it, the uh, cat house out in, on the strip. That's right. So, you know, he, uh, you know, he did that show for years. Um, I remember, like, first time ever seeing Rob Zombie on there. I mean, it was a lot of... Well, it was it was People a legit show because they played a lot of underground stuff too. Like I remember the first time I saw, I saw Nuclear Assault, which was the original Anthrax bass player. It's oh, his yeah. other band. Like he would, they'd throw you stuff like that all the time. It was great. Oh, I mean, in rotation, it was Overkill, Suicidal. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that you couldn't Definitely. hear on radio. They played a lot of Suicidal. They was playing, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. What was it on? Like three hours? I think it was like, like eleven it. to two or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. But it, the great show every Saturday night. But the first time I ever seeing Alice in Chains, what they was at a water park. Something like that. Uh, and uh, Jerry Cantrell, you know, he's running around uh, in goggles, a snorkel, and a fucking Speedo. Yep. And you just had to say to yourself, who the fuck are these guys, you know? Yeah, it was hilarious. But that was I, that was just their introduction into everything. And um, I don't know. It just, I just think it's a, it's a great album. It totally is. Oh, but yeah, like I said, I gave it a three just because I I think they they may have cheesed a little bit on the scanning, like you said, for the cover art. But um, you know who's on the cover, right? I didn't ever who that was. No, that's Mikey Starr. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I guess in uh, what was it ninety nine when they did the uh, Music Bank box set, mm-hmm. I think they originally did all four of the band members and. Uh, but he's the one that won out on this. Oh, and wow. That's why they called it facelift was because of that picture. And it is a pretty creepy looking picture. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I went high on that, but just for the nostalgia factor for me. Oh, no. I I, I bounced back between a three and a four. Yeah. The only reason I knocked it was just because I, I, I don't remember if it was blurry like that to begin with. It could have been. I wouldn't think that it would be on a major <laughs> label. No. You know, because this was what Columbia when it came out. It's owned by Sony now. I don't think they were yeah. there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, but other than that, love it. Um. All right. Strong tracks. What do you got? <sighs> I gave it a four. I mean, I wanted to go five. Yeah. But I. I mean, I gave it a four. Um. Um. Like we die young, man in the box, see a sorrow, bleed the freak. Those were all great singles. Um. And I mean, see a sorrow, such a great song. Absolutely. And, and you know, I like those roller coaster type songs you know they start slow they ramp up a little they just keep building and then bam it's just like in your face just rocking and i love songs like that yeah and um so i think it's those are the four singles right yeah those, mentioned. Were singles. those are also like the first four songs on the record which i don't remember any other records where the singles are yeah. all back to back right there and like that which they is would cool. just they were just pulling them right off in order i um or, yeah they did come off in order yeah because i think there's you know those are the first four songs, right? Because I, I think We Die Young was released first, yep. and it really didn't go nowhere. Nope. And then Man in the Box got like major rotation on MTV, and that's the first song I remember hearing. Yeah. And then I ran out, and I, I bought that on cassette. Yeah. 
And then I remember, I don't remember seeing the video at the time for We Die Young. I remember Man in the Box and then CSR and Bleed the Freak. Uh, but I don't remember seeing the video for We Die Young. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I gave it a four. But, yeah, I gave it a four, too. It's it's fantastic. There's a couple songs when we'll get into the tracks to avoid. Tracks to avoid. There, oh, there's, um, you went that route, huh? You can kind of tell. I don't want to say it's cheesy. There's a couple bits to this record that feel, I feel like if they had waited maybe a few more months and written a couple other songs, you know, and pulled, you, I feel like you can tell the songs that were earlier songs. Well, a lot of this album, you know? they ended up using pretty much their demos. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you, if you ever get a chance, go back and listen to the demos. I mean, the demo album's great, but um, yeah. what I take out of the two is from the songs that went from the demos to this, they slowed them up and they, they heavy them up a little bit. Yeah. Which is, is in a good way. It, but it, like I said, it's good. I still gave it a four out of five. It's super fun yeah. to listen to. And something else too, you know, they were, they were trying to find who they were going to be yeah. with this. I mean, cause this is, this is 90. So remember, I mean, I hate to say grunge because there's like every don't, band in the grunge movement sounded different, right? But you term. have to a bit. So the, it was that happening, right? And they got lumped in just because they're from Seattle, but they're not a grunge band. They're no. like a metal slash mix into like a little bit alternative rock. I but mean, for fuck's sakes, Ozzy Osbourne said this album's in his top 20 metal albums. Right. I mean, you know, if the Prince of fucking Darkness is saying it. It's there fucking metal. It's not grunge. Just because they came from Seattle. I still think, not to get off on a tangent, the only grunge band ever was Mudhoney. But that's just my thoughts. We can uh, delve into that when we do it. I think Mother Love Bone, too. A, a bit, but I still think they lean pretty heavy into metal and like alternative yeah. rock. Like Mudhoney was just, I feel like grunge is just like dirty. Like one one step away from garage rock, you know what I mean? And Mudhoney was, had that awesome so we'll, dirty. instead of grunge we'll call it the seattle effect there you go there we coined that fuckers uh, if anybody's gonna steal it we need royalties <laughs> off of that i'm sure someone's already beat us to it um this should be a fun one yeah, i'll go first on this one cool favorite track so i'm giving it a five out of five and it's uh it has been ever since i first because i had this on cassette uh csro mm. i think it's it's a fantastic song he went with a single. I did. I know it's unlike me, but I love his vocal melody on that, right? Mm. And it's just a heavy song and just And and it's got that it's got that janky kind of offbeat mm-hmm. time signature to it too. Yeah, it's good. And um the whole like kind of keyboardy sound and effect in it. Yep. Which I don't know. That was probably Jerry doing something on the guitar. I'm guessing, yeah. Um but yeah, it's a great song. The uh, my I didn't put it on here because we'll get to it when we get to deep cuts. But I could also have substituted my deep cut for my favorite track. Um, but go ahead with your favorite track. Let's see what you got. My favorite, I gave it a five. I picked Sunshine. Oh really? Yeah. No oh, shit. It has that badass bluesy rhythm to it. Yeah. And but it's still heavy enough that it'll just kick your fucking ass. I usually can, and I'm pretty close on picking your favorite tracks. I did not have that for it. You. The one thing I really like about that one, it's got those great Alice in Chain harmonies in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that I don't think like when critics and stuff wrote about this band, they didn't talk about it enough like Jerry and Lane like they they sang so, and their new singer does too, but it's not quite the same, but they sang so well together. Those vocal melodies and, and harmonies just overlapping like Yeah, I'll, I'll get into more of my thoughts on that later in the 
uh, program here. All right. But uh, yeah, I just I just always love sunshine. It's a it's a good song. It really. I mean, I think this every song on this is great except for two. There's only two that I don't like. But which we'll get to now. That's a good segue into hey. track to avoid. Yeah. Go ahead. You want me to fucking put the target on my back? I do. I do it. I gave it a three. Yep. It's still a great song, but I have heard it a gazillion times, and I feel that there were so many solid songs on this album that you do not hear on the regular. That's why I threw this one in there, and I took Man in the Box. I I get it. Like that, they, I love, they played that to death. I love the song, yeah. but there's so it, it, this album's so much deeper than those songs that were released as singles. It is. Um, and it was hard to pick. Yeah, I mean, so I've always felt this way about this record. Like, it's so good, right? And there's two songs, and I'm going to do two tracks to avoid, and they're back-to-back. It's I Can't Remember and Love, Hate, Love. Like, I think... See, I like Love, Hate, Love. It's got that... It's got that real cool uh, guitar deal. It sound, those Both those songs sound a little bit like janky and almost cheesy compared to the rest of the record. I feel like they don't fit in as well with the rest of the record. Like, I think everything else. See, does. I just I just always thought that those ones fit pretty good together because they're... Those just, two songs, I can see why they put them back to back. They're just... Uh, they're... To me, they were kind of the more raw-sounding songs on the album. I still gave them a three out of five, right? Because I think they're pretty good songs. But when you compare to the rest of the record, it's it's those are the two that, that sound like they don't really fit as well. I know. We're dicks on this show, folks. But, <laughs> hey, when you got a, a great album and you got to pick something to get rid of, it's hard. Yeah. It, it's it's easy to sit at home and, oh, these guys are fucking douchebag dicks that don't know their ass from their elbow. And that's true, but that's for different reasons, not about yeah, this. Yeah, we're at that <laughs> on the regular, but, I mean, we're just giving it to you straight of how we feel about the album. I mean, you know, and like I said, Man in the Box, it's it's a fucking great tune. It's the tune that, you know, put everybody's radar on Alice in Chains. Yep. But MTV played the fuck out of that song. They did, and honestly, like, all four... Um, songs that release the singles are great, right? Mm-hmm. That's my least favorite out of those four to begin with. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. I think all three of those other songs, you know, um, "Bleed the Free," "Can We Die Young," and "CSR." I think those are all better songs. And it's one of those things that's kind of surprising to me that none of those took off and bumped them up. And "Man in the Box" is the one that did. No, I know, but well, it's still a good song. It's but really think good song. about the time oh, that yeah. of what was playing on MTV. Yeah, and you know, this kind of hit. I mean, you already had heard Soundgarden, yep. and then this kind of dropped, so you still didn't really know which way all the music was fitting on heading yet. You know, this That's was true. before the Seattle Wave That's came true. in. Fun fact, the year the year this came out, I saw Soundgarden open for Danzig. Yeah, see? You know? And that's the thing. I mean, I always thought Soundgarden was awesome. Yeah. Outshine, Bad Motorfinger, that's a great fucking album, too. Louder Than Love and Bad Motorfinger. Like, they're still my favorite, from like the popular Seattle band, Soundgarden is still my favorite out of all of them, which maybe we'll do a Soundgarden record at some point. We might have to. Um, All right, so wh- what is your deep cut here? <sighs> I went with three of them, actually. <laughs> um. The first one I picked, I got Real Thing. Yeah. You have to put Real Thing down there because <laughs> Randy Watson, little quote at the end of it, little sexual chocolate, baby. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sexual chocolate. Sexual chocolate. 
boy can sing. You must be crazy. He good. You must be crazy. Yeah, I always thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, Put You Down, I like. It's got a good groove to it. It does. And I know something about you. I mean, I love that one, too. And I don't know. I'm just going to throw it out there. Pretty much all of Side 2. I mean... Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it right now. Side 2 is deep. It and really is. Like I said, you know, you, you always heard singles off of the first side. Yep. But, man, I, I think Side 2 is great. Yeah, I mean, I would almost argue Side 2 is better than Side 1. Um, yeah. But. And honestly, if you haven't listened to this album in a long time, go back and just play it. I yeah. mean, you will... Whew. Yeah, we, last week when we sat down, we listened to the whole thing and just song after song, we were just like, oh, this this part is so good. Yeah. Um. So for my deep cut, I gave five out of five. I went with It Ain't Like That. That's I love good. that song. That's good. That's a good one. Um, I mean, like I said, the whole fucking album's good. Yeah. This one, this one was a real hard one to pick a dud off of. Um, so what do you think about um production overall sound for this one? Oh, for this uh 2020 remaster, um I did not hear one click. I didn't hear any pops. I think the sounds fucking great. You know, it's on 180 gram vinyl. Um it's a dual disc. Um you know, I honestly, I, I this bitch is pure fire. Shit, it's gonna be that kind of a party. I'm gonna stick my dick in a mashed potato. Woo! I mean, I was so happy that they repressed it, and I can't wait for them to do the rehab on dirt. Yeah. If which I think it'll follow suit like this one did. Yeah. And honestly, I wish they would wouldn't wait until its I, birthday. I, I bet they don't. I bet they they rush it out. Because I mean, you know, honestly. So this, you, you give it a five. Oh yeah, I get definitely gave it a five. Yeah, but yeah, too. these albums are great. I did too. Um, yeah, when we listened to it, there wasn't one pop or anything in the. I mean, you and I both agreed this is one of the the better remasters that we've we've heard. Like, yeah, and it it didn't even sound real compressed or anything. It didn't. It sounded big and wide open. And you know, this isn't like a a, a wide open style of recording. It's that you know metal sort of ninety sound. Yeah, and I'm almost. But, but it sounds big. Like it's good. I'm almost sure. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm almost sure that they probably used. I would say this was a digital to vinyl transfer but that's how they were doing them right pretty much in the 90s but then again this could have been on the tail end of analog too that's what i was just gonna say they could have recorded this to two inch you know and then i mean i don't know if if we ever did any fucking research around here maybe somebody <laughs> would have looked that up research i'm sure we're gonna get hate mail on it and then we'll get all the research we need but hey that's why we get you great listeners out there um yeah i mean i, I gave i gave it a five like for a, a, a reissue and remaster like it, it's done really well and a lot of times we talked about this before Sometimes some of these major labels would just try to do a cash-in, right, and just reissue a record, whereas, you know, smaller labels will license major label records. Like when we did Kicks, like that's a great reissue, mm-hmm. right? But this is, you know, Sony doing the reissue. Yeah. And it's they did a good job. And honestly, um, well, Sony's in charge of all the ACDC albums too, aren't they? I can't even remember anymore because they're so big. Because, like, I mean, if they are, I mean, I'm sure they sound great, mm-hmm. probably just like this one did. Yeah, I've heard some of the ACDC um, reissues, and they do sound good. They're on 180. Well, I know I do have uh, Highway to Hell and Back in Black. Yeah. They're both reissues. I need. I guess if I did research, I could have looked and seen who uh, released them. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't have time for that because we got Alice in fucking chains. Um. All right, so what's your overall listening experience for this one? I mean, I gave it a five. Yeah. I, I loved it. Um. This was always one of those albums that when I first ever heard it, 
I just knew it was going to be special. Um, it's easily in my top 20 of all time, even though it turns 30 this year, or it has just turned 30, yeah. it still holds up. That totally holds up. I mean, if you took somebody that's never heard anything off that album, yeah. they would think it's a new fucking band that come out and is going to rock the music world, but guess what? They did do that 30 years ago. Yeah. Because, I mean, there ain't, there ain't nobody playing the day that can put out nothing like that right now. There's some uh, other YouTube programs, This is they're pretty funny, where they play a record and this is one that they did on the program for people that aren't into this kind of music they played it for like um people that are into hip-hop who have never heard this before and across the board they're all like what the fuck is this this is amazing yeah <laughs> you know? i mean and that is what's cool about music yeah it can span generations yep. it, you could be a hip-hop guy and you know this and that and i mean that's what's great about music there are no boundaries that's right um yeah you know i gave this a five out of five too and I would put this in dirt up there as one of the biggest one twos as best debut oh, yeah. and then sophomore record. Uh, a lot of times, you know, that second record suffers a bit. Dirt. But, uh, I mean, th- this these are both right there. I don't want to go too deep into dirt because I want to save a bunch of stuff for when we do do dirt. Yeah. Not, ah, do you see what I did there? Do do dirt. Uh-huh. No, that album is not a turd. Um, but I think dirt is just a wee, wee bit darker. Um. Yeah. I, Not in a bad way. No. No. It's it, they're both they're they're fucking great records for I, sure. I think this one got them where they were heading, and I think they found themselves really when they were out touring because uh shit didn't Anthrax take them on that yeah, big stadium? They did tour? that big stadium tour when they played first, and didn't people didn't really know what to make of them because and uh, and I think people like. Just like was heckling them and shit. And One of our future guests, Big J, saw that tour, and he said that, and he worked at a record store, so he was into him. But he said people didn't know what to do. They weren't really cheering, and they weren't really booing. They were like, "I don't know what to do with this." But hey, if you never jumped on the train, you missed out. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. And I'm gonna say a big what up to Big J sitting up there. What up, Big J? Up there, probably freezing his nuggets off. Hopefully, uh. Gathering up some swag beer for yeah, us. Yeah, Big J, we need that swag. And uh, if you can, you know, hey, throw a metal sign up, you know. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so overall, it's five out of five. Like, we, it was just fun because we had been talking about this record, like Brandon said earlier, and then they reissued it when we didn't even know. Usually, we have our eye out and we know when reissues are coming. And then we just sort of, we both saw it separately that it had been released. And he was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm ordering it. I, yeah, I pulled the trigger on yeah. it as soon as I seen it. And honestly, um, this is my bright spot of 2020 right there. I mean, it, you know, if and for nothing else, um, how long is the album? It's under an hour. Yeah. What is it about? Yeah, the songs fifth, aren't long. Is it's it what, 11 songs, so. Yeah. Something like that. But for for at least that amount of time. 12 songs. It'll, it'll kind of just take you away and put you in a happy place in this shitty year of 2020. Yeah, it, it was definitely a fun one. So, um, you ever seen them live? Mm, I'm going to say kind of. All right. And I'm gonna give it a five rating. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I kind of seen them yeah. because I did see Jerry Cantrell back in '98 when he opened up for Metallica. All right, that was at uh, that was at Polaris. I seen that show. Yeah, um, I think that was was that the Reload tour or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It was when they had the song Fuel. Yeah, that was big on that tour. Um. 
and that was the first time I ever seen Metallica. But I mean, Jerry Cantrell come out, opened up for him, and I just was like, "What the fuck, man!" I mean, and when I heard him when he first started singing, I that's when I realized how much harmony he added to Lane's vocals. Yeah, it's insane, right? And honestly, if if you would have closed your eyes, you would have swore you were hearing half of the whole Alice in Chains bit because for sure. I mean. Honestly, Lane's vocals are, they're pretty chilling. Mm-hmm. I mean, great singer, you know, but, you know, I ain't, we ain't even going down that road of, well, you when, know, what when he Dirt was into. came out, uh, you know, Wood was a single for that, and it was from the movie Singles, and I yeah. had to come out first. And so I heard that song before I saw the video, and I just thought that song was just Lane singing the whole thing. It wasn't until I saw the video and then saw him live yeah. that I was like, holy shit, Jerry sings the it, verses. Yeah, you know? it's Jerry, and... That that's how you know when you got a band. It, it's just like Van Halen. Yeah. I mean, Mikey's vocals were great. So yeah. you know, like I said, Jerry's vocals, psh, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Um. And I I liked his solo stuff that he did. I mean, yeah. what was it in? Was it early two thousands? He had the Anger Rising song. Yeah, I'm trying to think what year it was. I can't remember. It was but, it was a great tune too. I mean, you yeah. Know. And honestly, I, the stuff that they've done with the new singer, it's good too. It's, you know, it's good, but no, it's not like this. It's but not it's, ever going to capture no, that, but which it's good. it can't. But you know, I've seen a couple concerts with him. I'm I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but um, we should do research. Yeah, we don't. We're too busy drinking Kolsch and <laughs> Bloody Marys and everything else. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen you know some live concerts on TV that they show and. I mean, yeah, it's good. I mean, if you never got to see the real deal, yeah. I mean, fuck it, go see it. Because um, other than that, it's still all original, right? Same guys. <sighs> I mean, the last I saw like a video from a few years ago on YouTube, and it was um, what's his name, Sean and Mike, were still in the band, right? Uh, I thought I thought Mike or, died. Oh, did he? I Maybe think. it was from longer than that. Then uh, I know Mike Inez did play bass for him. At some point, I yeah. don't know if he's still with them. Um, yeah, God, maybe we should did some fucking research. Maybe we'll do we'll do a little uh, a little addition to this episode with some research. But yeah, so I saw him live too. I saw him actually twice in '92. I saw him on the Dirt tour, and they had Screaming Trees open, and it was a fucking blast. They uh, this is still one of the coolest openings I've ever seen to a show. It's at the Gore in Cleveland, and they had like a of like a backdrop i don't know if you call it like a front drop right mm-hmm. so like the front of the stage is draped in like uh, this white um tarp or whatever and then they were backlit right and the lights were moving around so you just saw shadows of all four members but it was black and they opened with them bones and it was just like boom right and then <laughs> when it like 30 seconds in when it starts going with into the chorus that dropped right that front drop that big white thing just dropped and then all the lights kicked on and it was just fucking amazing. And then I saw him at the Lollapalooza they did. I give him a five out of five. It was both of those shows were fantastic. Awesome. I I wish I could have seen him at that show at the Agora. Jerry was super into it, and he um, I forget what the last song they played was, but he was getting feedback, and then he shoved his guitar into one of his Marshall cabs and was just hanging there from the headstock. Mm. And then when we saw them at that Lollapalooza. He hadn't replaced that girl cloth. You could still see the rip in it where he had shoved the <laughs> guitar in it. That was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, that that's rock star right mm-hmm. there. You know, that's when you know you made it and you just go fucking all your shit up. And the sound was great. He was playing 
three Marshall stacks. I don't know what heads he uses. I should do research. But um, they sounded great. Uh, was he using GNLs for guitars back then? He played um the they weren't strats. They're like strat bodies, and like that one is that a warlock that he plays? I don't even with like the snakeskin sort of paint design on it. I don't know, Jerry. We know you're still out there. Reach uh, out to us. <laughs> he, he played that for most of the show, and then another strat, but I don't think it was a Fender. Uh, just if you do reach out, just no pictures of the blue speedo. We we don't need that. <laughs> Well, do you want to do a recap on this fine, fine album? Yeah, let's do it. All right, album cover and artwork. I gave it a three. I gave it a five, but I think it's probably actually a four. Yeah, I'll go four, and I'll change my mind. Twist my arm. <laughs> oh, strong tracks. Five. Um, I'm still going to stick with my four. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do love it. But um, if I was going to compare this album to, like, uh, when we did Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy, yeah. um, I'd give this a five being that it's a debut album. But I know how much we loved the Thin Lizzy album, and, I, I, you know, I just tossed it around. I mean, So I, I will preface this by saying that not all ratings are created equal right yeah so a full yeah when i when i score these i don't score them against any other record it's just how much i'm enjoying the record that we're doing that that episode because this isn't going to compare okay so in that instance then i got to give it a five yeah for strong tracks i never really thought of it that way it's just you know yeah i mean i just didn't want to come out guns blazing (laughs) because i know i caught hell when we did the kicks episode (laughs) we we love you guys kicks Oh, favorite track? I gave it a five because I mean, yeah. And which one did you pick? I picked Sunshine. Sunshine, right? Yeah, I gave it a five. I did CSR. And like I said, you could pretty much pick any song off the album. Yeah, I don't think nobody's gonna fight you on that. Oh, track to avoid. I gave it a three, and I chose Man in the Box not because it's like a terrible song. It's just <laughs> I just heard it a million times, and there's so much better stuff on here than that one song yeah i mean it's a good song really uh, this is one all the songs are good i, I, I did two i did uh i can't remember in love hate love they're, they're i gave them a three out of five they're back to back but they just don't seem to fit as well with the rest of the records or the songs on the record and for the deep cuts you should be listening to i gave it a five i mean you know pretty much like we talked i mean you could prick anything off a side too because I know you never heard none of those on the radio, Mm-mm. and just start there. Um, yeah, I mean, I I gave it a five. I did. It ain't like that. Back the two times I saw him in '92, uh, that was one of the best songs at the show. You know what I mean? They played it both times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they played almost everything off Dirt. Then they played probably half of Facelift, uh, and they played that every time. And it was just one of those songs live that just hit. It was great. Yeah, and like I said, I'm sure they grew up. And got more into their sound and stage show, you yeah. know, by going out with like bands like Anthrax and all that. Sure. Um, where are we at? Production. Production. Ooh, that's a hard one. I, I had to still stay with my five. I mean, how how do you not give this fucking production on this thing a five? Yeah, I mean, I looking at the, I gave them almost a five on every category this week. And um, honestly, this album, if you stop and think about it, when they recorded it. I'm sure they rushed the hell out of it to get them out there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, if we ever did any research on anything, uh, 
we might know that. <laughs> yeah, because you got to think this is what about eight months before Nevermind dropped. So you know what I mean. Like Seattle was becoming bigger and bigger, but it wasn't this yeah. huge explosion. Yeah. Yet. And overall so, listening experience, what do you got? That's a five, yeah. easy. Yeah. And then seeing them live. Yeah. Well, like I said, I kind of seen them live. I mean, I seen Jerry, yeah. so that's definite five. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's total five. Like, if you have if you never saw him live with Lane, there's plenty of shows on YouTube. Check him out because he was a, a like kind of a once in a generation front man. Like he he was great. And you know, I mean. Here's one song though that we didn't really talk much about. Mm-hmm. Confusion. Yeah, I thought that was a great song. It is a good song because it it showcases Lane's kind of his range of vocals in it, man. And you know we're going to agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> I just never really lumped this into the grunge category. I always just counted it kind of metal. <laughs> I mean, it is the the grunge. All the the grunge stuff is crazy because you have all these bands that don't sound alike that are just from the same town. Well, right? yeah. so it should have just been called like the Seattle movement or yeah, whatever. Yeah, one, yeah, Because uh, these bands do not, they used to play together, a lot of them, right? And a lot of them were in each other's bands, but they do not sound alike. No, no. Yeah. And that was the good thing about the whole Seattle movement. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everybody came from the same spot, but everybody had their kind of own little swagger to them. And there's still tons of great bands that come out of Seattle, like, you know, smaller, um, indie punk and metal bands and ones that have been going the whole time like the melvins are still going strong they're one of the best bands ever kurt cobain's uh favorite band um and is one of his best friends buzz osborne um go check out the melvins there you go you got a little hot tip this week (laughs) folks so we have just wrapped up facelift um i don't know i think we keep Next episode, we we keep it from them. Let's make them want to tune in. All right, just to see what uh swag beer we're gonna. They pull call out. that? Do they call that tease? Yeah, we'll do a little tease because right. I got to thinking of that and I was like, why are we giving away all of our shit ahead of time? Fuck them. Let's make them come back for more. All right. Well, without further ado, I'm Brandon. I'm Travis, and we are beards, brews, and vinyl reviews. And don't forget, you can reach us at Beards, Brews, Vinyl Reviews at Yahoo.com or on the Facebook page. So make sure you guys get your questions, you know, whatever. If you like the show, if you hate the show, we don't care. We'll take all criticisms because guess what? It's our show and we really don't give a (laughs) shit, but we love all of you. And just always remember, if you don't like Alice in Chains, fuck fuck you. you.